0: Welcome to the Omega Particle Podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Jonathan Wiegand, your anchor man of the Federation, the Doctor of Delithium. Yes, the Doctor is in today, and we are covering Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 2 Disengage. Okay, I'm going to try to keep my emotions and my nerdum in check today because. I, before we get into the spoiler part of the episode i will say i i kind of had an emotional outburst at the very at the part i think you all know what i'm talking about near the end i was like whoa like yeah i was very excited and um, i don't want to give too much away but i was very excited about that and i'm sure a lot of you did as well before we get into the episode i will say uh it's good to be back uh, behind the microphone, and um, no, I know I'm releasing this on the Friday, and um, Picard came out on yesterday on Thursday, but it's just been one of those weeks, man, you know, where we had a family member, a very close family member of mine had to be put on hospice, and then we had some other family drama, and it's just been just a nightmare, and honestly, it feels so good, like, to kind of escape, you know, and, and have a place Like on Thursday night, being able to be like, you know, this is going to allow me 45 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it is, just to kind of escape the troubles. And I think that's a beautiful thing about any fandom that we have, you know, sports, uh, any hobby that we have. So this week was definitely needed for the old doctor here. (laughs) Anyway, I don't want to get too much for spoilers, but I will say... Um, we are going to come out with a, a kind of a normal, quote unquote, OPP normal episode um, next week or two. Kind of just in case people don't listen to Picard or don't watch Picard. Can you listen to it? People don't watch Picard. So I thought it'd be good to um, just have a normal episode for, for all those uh, OPP fans that don't. But in other news, Luna, let's get to the good stuff and let's roll that footage. Okay, I'm going to just strike right at the heart of it. I will say this episode was, it took an eternity. Can I just say, we all know that, you know, Jack Crusher was Picard's kid. We all knew that. That was kind of a given at the end of the episode uh, last week. And it literally took an eternity just to kind of bring out that plot twist. And... I just feel like the entire plot line with them was just so slow moving, even with, you know, the, the much anticipated return of the great Michael Dorn. And then we even saw like, you know, that really beautiful, like reunion between Picard and Crusher, and they didn't even say anything. And it just, to me, the episode kind of fell flat a little bit, just to be honest, I'm kind of giving my overview right now. (laughs) So, um... And again, if you disagree with me, please let me know. We actually have something new on the podcast. You can actually call and leave a voicemail, and I will air it on the show, possibly. You know, we'll see. Uh, I just imagine, like, me getting blown up with uh, my friends from college. Just uh, if you disagree with me on anything with Picard, anything whatsoever on Picard, you can actually call area code 254-254. Six seven seven eight seven three five. Luna's asking me, why did I pick that number? I picked that number because that's 254 OPP Trek. That's what it stands for. So that number again is 254 677 8735. Text, leave a voicemail, might get on the podcast next week. Just talking about if you disagree. What are your thoughts? What did you like about Picard? Kind of have a little interaction, you know, with the beautiful and brilliant fan base that you are. It just took a while. This whole episode took a while to come out. I did enjoy Jack Crusher, who's played by a guy named Ed Spear Spellers. To me, he wasn't very compelling. And I just think, you know, this whole notion of him being pursued because he's just a charming smuggler who loves his mom that does like quasi medical stuff. I just didn't see that was super convincing. And I mean, I know there's going to be a larger backstory and they're going to unravel it. But it just it just wasn't very captivating to me. I will say, though, shortly on the bright side, um, this hour-long episode did have a lot of action, which was great. We saw the, the Titan make a comeback and protect uh, them against Vadic. To me, I just feel like, you know, the the pacing was a little dull, especially, you know, as the Picard side and even the Rafi side, It just, it just seemed like it kind of stagnated. They were kind of running through a checklist almost. You know, they were kind of saying, Okay, he's going to be the son in episode two, check. Okay, um, there's going to be a terrible French accent by the villain, check. But I mean, it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think overall, though, I think, I mean, it It did leave some more questions like, you know, how is um, Vatic, you know, so knowledgeable about Picard and Shaw? What does she really know? What is, you know, Jack Crusher's... Uh, storyline what has really happened to beverly you know over the past 20 years it's so it it did leave a lot more questions that hopefully we can flesh out but i just feel like overall the episode was not um not very good and that's saying something because we saw the wonderful michael Dorn come back and i mean speaking of wharf we we kind of got a little update on him you know and that's one of the things i was really looking forward to Having him back, because he, if you didn't know, Michael Dorn has played in the most Star Trek of anybody alive and anybody dead. So he is like the man when it comes to Star Trek, being in TNG, DS9, and of course, the Next Generation movies as well. Um, But so like the last time we saw him, he was kind of on this, uh, he was on the tactical bridge, you know, being in Starfleet. And I think it was Nemesis, that's when we saw him. And so now he's kind of, is he an intelligence officer? Is he working with we we really don't know is he quasi you know back with Klingon being an ambassador working with Starfleet I'm sure they'll flesh that out and and that if you ever go back and watch episode one again um, when Rafi's communicating with her you know quote-unquote contact (laughs) there's a line that says like you are a warrior and you must like fight like a warrior and I'm like that's such a huge like wharf like reference you know Um, I mean no one really speaks like like that besides Worf and I mean, other Klingons do, but I'm saying like in the Star Trek world, I think that was a major Easter egg that completely blew my mind and blew by me. I just wouldn't know. So I was completely duped by that. And um, speaking of duped, I thought Worf was supposed to be a pacifist. Like I saw like in all like, you know, the promo material that he's a pacifist now. He doesn't believe in violence. And then the like right out of the gate, he's like stabbing dudes through the heart, like cutting heads off I mean, we we can talk about the violence, but it's just I feel a little duped. I feel like maybe there's gonna be some explanation of that in the future. I mean, maybe he is a pacifist, but he's just not a very good pacifist. Speaking with like the violence, like so last week one of the biggest issues I had and the weakest points of the first episode was kind of feeling like the writers and the producers just used drug addiction as just to be edgy. You know, it really didn't moved along, it didn't really feel genuine, didn't feel connection to Rafi. So you're just, you're like, okay, are they just like trying to be edgy just for the sake of edginess? But I feel like they, the violence was a little bit better, a little bit more genuine in line with what we saw. But again, I know this is not your grandfather Star Trek. So they're trying to be, you know, cutting edge, but it is, it is intense. Like I was in bed with my wife watching this and she was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know or expect that kind of like intensity from Star Trek. I'm like, well, it's a newer thing. They're, you know, trying to be the way they are. And I feel like they're kind of making a TNG for mature people, for like older adults. But I mean, if we kind of stay in the underworld and talk about that a little bit and try to keep our head on straight, unlike the Ferengi. All right, Luna, that's funny, okay? Just don't lose your head over it. Pause for laughter. Pause for laughter. Just 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 kidding. But seriously, I mean, what's up with those ears? Can we just be honest? Like, I remember from DS9, that's usually where they fleshed out Frankie so much. I mean, the lobes were super small. I thought they wanted like giant lobes for business. Like that was like almost like a penis thing. And, and then Sneed comes in, he's got really tiny little ears. And I'm like, is is he like a female or I was like, oh, what's going on? And I'm like, maybe he, he has low testosterone and Kind of needs those pills they sell on late night TV, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, this is a family show, Luna. What kind of script is this? Anyway, um, so staying on track, kind of with the underworld. I will say this: like with Rafi, she's there was a silver lining to her theme, and now I'm going to get to the the good part of the silver lining here. Um, I definitely like the idea of them showing kind of like seeing the sacrifices she makes for Starfleet. First with her husband and her son and grandchild. And her husband, I, I just feel like, was the absolute, like, dick of the week. I don't know if that's going to be a segment, but he was the dick of the week. I mean, who makes somebody choose like that? I mean, the Sneed guy is connected to a terrorist attack. Like, the dude killed or was somewhat responsible for killing 120 people. That That's, like, serious. And you're going to play games, emotional games instead of letting her like track down this terrorist. So you're guilting her into tracking down a terrorist. I'm like, I don't, you're you're just a jerk. Maybe you could just talk to, put in a good word and be like, yeah, your mom's out there catching terrorists. She's not that bad. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe this is me. And then again, like, so we we see her kind of be like, all right, I'm going to choose the contact with Sneed over like contact with my son. And then next we see her like, You know, doing space heroin. I don't know what to call it. (laughs) I mean, it's it's kind of an old trope in those like crime shows, like, you know, where you see them be like, Oh, take the drugs to prove you're not a cop. And I mean, we see her struggling and fighting like with drug addiction. So she's like literally like, Well, I have to do this and risk like going back off the wagon and risk all this addiction all over again for Starfleet and have to sacrifice. So she sacrificed her family and now she's sacrificing her own well-being. I think that was showing a lot of take from her. Like, Starfleet constantly is taking from her. So will we see her snap in future episodes like she has before in the past? I don't know. But I will say, I feel like that the drug splinter thing that uh, Sneed was pushing definitely reminded me of that, I think, the TNG episode called The Game, where everyone wore those, like, eye games, and it would, like literally get you addicted on dopamine type of thing. It's an older reference, but I think it checks out, sir. I think they probably did that on purpose. That's what I'm guessing. But uh, moving on. So that was the silver lining of the Rafi storyline this week. And I will say this. The bad news is just unsurprisingly, you know, the story, Rafi's story and plot remains the weakest part of the episode. and, And so far, season three in general. I mean, I know she spends most of the time trying to figure out what happened like why starfleet has terminated the investigation etc looking into it she's told to disengage and of course we get the family guy reference where he's like oh he said the thing he said the thing when Worf is like hey i told you to disengage i mean it's kind of a completely predictable twist like we knew this was going to happen and we knew rafi was going to disobey and definitely keep going after i mean she's just an doing what any like Starfleet officer would do. You know, she's going to try to find the truth and she's going to go after. She's not just going to, you know, leave it alone. And I I feel like to me, you know, the Picard storyline and this Rafi plot line are just so like separate right now that Rafi is just completely isolated from everything else that we're watching. And it's really hard to care about what the answers are. (laughs) To me, I really only am tuning in for that that beautiful TNG nostalgia and literally up until Worf got there, I was kind of disinterested and I know it doesn't help. You know, they pin this subplot to their weakest character they have left after season two. I, and I know, you know, it's going to intersect one day, like this terrorist plot, it's going to intersect with the Picard, Jack and Vatic storyline. And there's going to make sense to it. So it doesn't make it any more interesting, but still I was very happy to see Worf come back it, yeah, I was very happy to see Worf go back. So I was happy I didn't, you know, fast forward through anything with that. But that's just my my kind of wrap on on Raffi and Worf. And hopefully, you know, it gets better with next week with having, you know, the Star Trek veteran Michael Dorn involved and him kind of being able to make us excited about this plot line now. And not this kind of like roll our eyes about, oh, when it goes back to her. So maybe we'll see. Uh, Moving on real quick, I do want to touch on this um, with Captain Shaw. I I kind of completely agree with him. I know last week they tried to paint him as an absolute jerk. And last week's episode, I kind of played devil's advocate. I think we see a little more to Shaw this week. And Vadik said that cryptid message to him about him being like functional. And it makes me think the dude's been through some stuff. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know what. And, and kind of, to me, explains why he was kind of such a hard ass when Picard and Riker showed up. I mean, could he have gone through something with the Borg? I mean, he did have that massive kind of temper tantrum at Picard and saying, oh, you're, you're, you are you're were once Borg. I don't know if I can trust you. And then I'm not going to let Seven go by her uh, Borg designation. And I mean, I feel like there, there has to be something to it because they keep laying Easter eggs around us. And and Vadik's term functional makes me think, okay, something's happened with the Borg and this is exactly what it is. And who knows how they're going to bring that in with him. But I definitely agree. I mean, he was doing what any good captain would do. He has 500 people on his ship. So he's really trying to be the good guy. But I will say the actual plot twist of the episode comes when he actually decides to help and says, you know what? You're right. Let's protect this Jack. Well, he doesn't get fully on board, but he's like, let's protect Jack Crusher. You know, let's go off and play um, Wrath of Khan and (laughs) go into the the plasma cloud, maybe try to get away that way or try to blow up the other ship that way. So I feel like there's a lot of already a lot of like similarities and mirroring of Wrath of Khan. So we'll just have to see. So it's it's just really interesting and all of that. To me it's just yeah it's really it's it's really hard to say and sometimes with this analysis sometimes I get into you know sometimes the curtains are blue and that's it there's no meaning behind them you know she could have just been a jerk and was like hey you're just functional because you're such a screw up you know does it mean he used to be borg or you know used to have um i don't know so sometimes the curtains are just blue so maybe we overanalyze a little bit too much back to everybody's favorite section that is easter eggs so what easter eggs could i see and, and kind of partake on this week's episode and um the first one of course is uh when jack identifies the ss elios as a mariposa medical vessel and this is talking about season two of picard when um the mariposa medical clinic was ran by dr teresa ramirez and, you know, Rio stayed behind in the 21st century to help Teresa out. So this is the kind of like maybe tip of the cap to Rios. Like, hey, he did very well in the 21st century. Maybe the Mariposa Medical Clinic um, spurned and inspired a bunch of stuff. Um, probably the biggest one that everybody is talking about is the Romulan ale uh, reference. So Jack Crusher is kind of talking with some uh, friend wrist ragers and kind of uh, talking like back and forth and bribing them pretty much. And the bottle that he pulls out for the Romulan ale is identical to the same one that Bones had in Wrath of Khan, uh, where we first learned about Romulan ale. So this is, again, another Easter egg connection to Wrath of Khan. And, I mean, so we have the long forgotten sun that we didn't know about. Now we're having like a little Romulan ale. And now we have the plasma clouds uh, chase scene that's going to be in the ep- beginning of episode three. So that's not it with the Wrath of Khan references, believe it or not. So Riker and Picard's shuttle is actually called Savik. So it's kind of a blink and you'll miss Easter egg. Just as a wreckage, you know, from the shuttle flies by the screen, it says Savik. And if you don't know, Savik is referencing the 23rd century half Vulcan, half Romulan protege of Spock first introduced in Wrath of Khan. And you're like, I still don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm like, well, that person was played by Christy Alley. And then later by robin curtis and the search for spock and the voyage home they even did a really cool thing back on um you know paramount's instagram account and they had came out with these official logs you know an instagram post in it um revealed that Savick actually was the captain of the very first titan so um that actually predates riker's titan and shaw's titan by almost a century so there's um yeah yeah I'm looking at the picture now so there's even when they're in the I guess it's a ready room there's even three gold models of all the titans in the in the ready room slash briefing room so I thought that was pretty cool so they're they're definitely giving us some lineage there but again heavy with the Wrath of Khan references who knows Um, I swear if Picard dies and then they bring him back through some crazy geneticist program I'm I'm gonna be pissed um (laughs) It's like, this is just Wrath of God. This was actually really cool and actually took a little bit of digging to actually get. So Captain Vatic has some pretty crazy uh, in real life lineage. So to me, when I was watching her cigar chewing, kind of, you know, peak Star Trek villain-esque type of attitude, um, it kind of reminded me of General Chang's giant Klingon chair in Undiscovered Country. And it actually should remind us because the chair is actually very similar. Maybe, maybe Vadic borrowed it from General Chang. We don't know. But I will say in real life, the actress who plays Vadic is Amanda Plummer. And she is the daughter of Christopher Plummer, who played Chang in Star Trek VI. So there's some lineage there. Interesting, interesting. A really quick, Easter egg, which I thought was kind of wild. So when Picard's talking to Jack in the, um, in the brig, and he's kind of going over like, you did organized crime on Andoria and terrorism on Binar 3. So if you're a big TNG fan, that Binar 3, it's a reference to the species first introduced in the TNG episode 11001001. So was those aliens that spoke in binary code. And how do you do terrorism against those people or a crime against those people? They speak in numbers. I don't know, <laughs> but I guess I guess that was a cute Easter egg for all the um, TNG fans out there. And also I've, I've kind of heard this on a forum too, and I don't know, but is that Cisco's baseball with Sneed? So when Rafi comes in, Sneed says, hey, I'm obsessed with human things. And we see a baseball there. And like me, who's a diehard DS9 fan, I'm like, is that Cisco's baseball? And the answer is, we don't know. <laughs> I will say this, in the Lower Decks episode, here all, trust nothing, Kira still has Cisco's baseball. But that is in 2381. This episode happens in 2402. Could someone have taken it from Kira and DS9 and sold it on the black market? Again, we, I think we referenced this a couple weeks ago, talking about things to do and prep for for the new season of Picard but um we finally saw Worf's new weapon this is a brand new weapon created by Dan Curry and he's the same guy that designed the Bathleth and then the Meekleth but this is called Kirtleth and this is very specific it's never been seen before first time on screen so welcome the Kirtleth to Klingon battle swords (laughs) I don't know. But that was an Easter egg. So it was the first time we saw it. I knew they were excited to bring Dan Curry back because he, you know, he created such legendary stuff and props before. So it's cool to kind of see its first appearance, but that has been my review of Star Trek Picard season three, episode two disengaged. I mean, overall last week, we we're at a 6.8. I'd probably bump it up to 8.1 because simply seeing Worf come back and take down some bad guys. I mean, that was just such sweet, like, Star Trek emotional candy. I loved it. And and that's one thing I will say about the show is that they do nostalgia, but they don't overdo it. You know, it's kind of like candy. It's good in small pieces and small amounts. But if you just ate an entire bag of gummy worms, you're not going to feel good. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing with with nostalgia and Picard overall for season three is handling it right. And, um, I hope maybe they do that. Maybe that's the plan with other characters. You know, we still have, um, LaForge out there. We still have Troy out there. We still have Lore out there. So maybe they're just going to kind of, hopefully not always bring them as a cliffhanger, but, um, maybe just kind of have them come in one episode at a time, like we originally thought last week. However, it's hard to say. Anyway, Luna, Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And um, like I mentioned before, next week or next uh, few weeks, we're going to release a couple more episodes that aren't having to deal with the rewatch of Picard simply because, um, you know, some people may not watch it and some people may like the other content. Um, I know for me, I like the freedom of being able to talk about whatever I want. So I miss that with the Trek world. And again, please feel free to call or text, leave a voicemail. And that number again is 254-677-8735. You can give me a call and maybe you'll be on the podcast. You never know. And as always, please check out www.post. Please check out www.jasontalksmovies.wordpress.com. Um, I know he's doing a review for uh, Ant-Man's coming out, maybe Cocaine Bear, I've heard. You know, Cocaine Bear's actually getting really good reviews. That's crazy to me, but <laughs> whatever. Anyway, take care of yourselves out there. Remember, mental health is a priority. Keep it at the forefront. Don't let it go and get all out of whack. And as always, everybody, second star to the right, straight on to morning.